All right. Well, well, well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Here we are again, the Melody Feed Podcast after, what, a year? Over a year now since our last episode? Mm. Whose right. fault is that? I mean, you ought to know, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be a real over here. You know what? You are so vain. You really think this podcast is about you. Not if you were the last game. You killed Andy on Earth. You son of a... Just kidding. Welcome back to the Melody Feed podcast. Everyone thought we were really fighting. We're not really fighting. We're not really fighting. Just a couple of pals making a music podcast... Uh, Back from a year of hiatus. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's about music, but it's also about fighting. What are you going to do? <laughs> Back with <laughs> new jingles, new segments, new celebrity mm-hmm. guest appearances. That's right. Everything you could have hoped and more. Mm-hmm. New cats, new haircuts, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, it's a whole new world over here. <laughs> whole new world. Well, let's get into it. Okay. One, two, three. Melody, Melody Feed Podcast. Podcast. Music. 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 This is a conversation about Music. your vibrational basis. Oh my god. Wow. can't beat that kind of intro music whoever made that is is really good so good it's true i can't even can't even argue with that Mm -hmm. well if you didn't understand from our little sketch there in this episode today we're getting heated Mm -hmm. jerry springer style (laughs) talking about (laughs) musical rivalries and what are they good for? Feuds, fights, all the good stuff. Yeah. What are they good for? They're entertaining. That's what they are. Truly. And so many things come from them. Mm-hmm. Great songs. You know, whether you're a, a gossip fiend or not, it's you can't ignore the legacy of music rivalries throughout music culture and the great music that a little feud can produce. But before we get into the episode we have a brand new segment called i don't hate it here we go i don't hate it i don't hate it that just fades right out so smooth so smooth That's right. It's time for I Don't Hate It, where we all quickly just mention an album or a song that we are listening to currently, and we don't don't hate it. Who wants to go first? Oh. I mean, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah. Which one were you talking about? Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't hate this band, Magdalena Bay, right now. They're like this cute pop duo. They came out with this album, Minimix Volume 3 couple months ago Mm, mm -hmm. and there's a song on it called top dog that i really love because it has all these references to laura dern who i love and 
I've just been watching a lot of Laura Dern media recently. Nice. Was that by Amazing. coincidence? It was by coincidence. I wow. just happened to be, you know, I just watched Jurassic Park and then I listened to this song and I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> Your Laura Dern radar went off. <laughs> yeah. They had a reference to, to Wild at Heart. Have you guys ever seen that movie? Um, I can't say I have. It's like one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I think I have. Damn. Yeah, I loved it. That's pretty cool. Loved you loved it. it? Or you didn't hate it? Oh, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it for sure. I love the strong word. I would never use that. Don't, don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah, so I've been uh, not hating this album on YouTube by this artist named Homeshake. So this guy is... It sounds very much just like a uh, like a bedroom recording, just one guy playing all the parts. It's the it's the guitar player for Mac DeMarco, and he uh, there's this album that he put out. Or I guess it's a catalog. I don't know if you'd consider it an album, but because it's four hours long, it's called the Paradolia Catalog. But yeah, it's really good for like background. Sounds sweet. I don't wow. hate it either. It's good. I don't hate I it. I would yeah. not. Yeah. I wouldn't say I like it. <laughs> Um, something I have not been totally hating lately is a, a brand new album from uh, Salami Rose Joe Lewis, whose name I always get wrong because I always put the words in different orders, but I nailed it that's that a time. Long, yeah, it's a long yeah. name. A lot of words, yeah. It's a lot of names. A lot of nouns um, put together Salami in one sequence. Um, but she just put out a brand new album on Brain Feeder um, called uh, Acousmaticus, and it's very like a... You know, very stereo lab worship, kind of like jazz fusion pop stuff with very like super slick, heavy bass lines, nice. like very Thundercat meets stereo lab meets Ooh. experimental pop. Nice. It's good stuff. It's real good stuff. That sounds cool. like something I would like. Yes. Or I'm not. Hate, I, right? I, yeah. <laughs> well, let's not get ahead of yeah, ourselves. No. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah. 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 Cool. Very nice. Well, we don't hate it. I, I don't, don't hate, hate it. it. <laughs> I don't hate it. Well, so many musical rivalries. Mm-hmm. It really spans all the genres. Yeah, probably since the beginning of time. When cavemen like first made instruments, they were probably like... <laughs> 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 Fighting over like sticks and beats. It's true, yeah. Like when like a gorilla beats on its chest, that's kind of like you know like a diss track. Wow, I never thought about it like that. Totally. Yeah, like like mating calls. If like one bird is like louder than the other, is that a diss track? I think they're just constantly dissing each other while they're (laughs) you know singing. Sounds beautiful to us, but it's probably just like fuck. Get out, of the, get out of here. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, we might have to rewrite actually this whole episode and have it like an environmental biology. Bring a bird take. expert. Um. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, with that being said, mm-hmm. uh, we picked a handful that we thought deserve like a good spotlight in this discussion. Um, where should we start off? Who should we start with? They're probably the most iconic or renowned rivalry that spans more than just these two people biggie and tupac that one's huge right massive that might be the biggest one it might be the biggest one because i don't think it's just about them it's about east versus west 
hip hop. Mm-hmm. They were just like the figureheads of the two sides, really. Yeah, there was so much like momentum and force behind both of these artists, and it really was just like became this whole thing that I think still kind of, you know, it's still around today. Like East Coast oh, yeah. West, like yeah, I feel like when even when people just talk about their music taste, it's like, oh, are you a Biggie or Tupac fan? Are you a yeah. East West Coast? West Coast, yeah, right? you know, absolutely. Yeah. And I think diving into this kind of rivalry. East always has this, like, we are the original hip-hop. Like, we were born mm-hmm. from, like, hip-hop started at mm-hmm. Queensbridge. Like, blah. West Coast is just like, well, I don't know what they're doing, but it's not hip-hop. And then you're like, but West Coast is kind of just chill, doing their own thing. It's and pretty good. Like, like, <laughs> Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Come on. You're right. The fattest bass lines yeah. in music history, probably. Pretty much. <laughs> they just sound different. I don't know why they have to fight. Yeah, and then you just have these, like, tragic, horrible, like young deaths of these two amazing artists totally it's just like a sad sad tale (laughs) it is yeah Yeah. tupac actually what started or what like many people claim is like the start of like this east versus west like battle i guess between tupac and biggie is like tupac showed up at he was in new york but they were like rolling up to like biggie's studio right and that was where one of the first times he got shot and like Tupac was like, they set this up, like they knew I was coming here. And so he got shot there. Then very soon after that, like a few months after that, I think, I think that was in November. And then in February, Tupac was in jail for like 18 months. Biggie released this song. But uh, what was Tupac like intending to do when he showed up? Was he like just going to say hi? They were like going to record. They were going to record. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Biggie was actually there? He was inside the building and this happened outside of the building like they apparently uh-huh. did not know that it was happening did not know verdict still out i don't i don't know but tupac mm-hmm. survived that got out and then like that's where like suge knight comes in and like paid his bail and like then he was kind of like maybe this like whole pawn and like suge knight's like evil plan it's like it gets really mm-hmm. conspiratorial yeah. it really like, does the as suge you stuff. get in that yeah. Right. And then who was really pinning them? Were they just, like, using these two? Were they actually, like, chill? Like, friends? I think the whole, like, first shooting thing kind of soured things between Tupac and Biggie, but, like... <laughs> As, it <laughs> As it would. As it would. But <laughs> there was an award about? show where, yeah, like, Snoop Dogg, they got, like, Album of the Year or something. And then, you know, they got all these boos, and Snoop Dogg being the amazing, beautiful man that he is, <laughs> was like, listen, like, <laughs> we can all get along. Like, you got East Coast... We got our thing on the West Coast. Like, it's fine. But yeah, yeah, I think you can be a fan of both. Absolutely. They're both very Mm -hmm. different stars and origin stories. And like, I don't think hip hop has to be claimed by one or the other. Certainly not. Now you can go to Urban Outfitters and get a shirt with both of them on it. You can, yeah. Yeah. So look how far we've come. (laughs) That's true. Did they ever do a, a Biggie hologram? show because oh. they did a Tupac oh. right? and I've seen the Tupac hologram I have not seen you did see it. you were there you were there yeah. Biggie has to have how could they that's, <laughs> I, a, that's a diss right there that's a diss <laughs> yeah um, but on the other end of the spectrum there are some musical rivalries where everyone kind of profits <laughs> and that's my segue into talking about Nas versus Jay-Z hmm. another big uh, musical rivalry go on I'm going to break it break it down in a quick timeline here. All right. Nas okay. was supposed to go record with Jay-Z. Guess what? He didn't show up. Ooh. 
Jay-Z took that pretty personally, but they still sampled Nas on the album. Oh. Which I'm like, isn't that's kind of like nice. Without, without him being there? Yeah, but he wasn't there. So the, it was a Jay-Z track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was supposed to be on. Gotcha. Uh-huh, okay. uh-huh. Okay. He didn't show up and he was like, well, whatever. I'm just going to sample you anyway. And so after that, there were like, you know, some like little quips and songs here and there. But then what really exploded was that Jay-Z did a freestyle at the Hot 97 Summer Jam. Oh, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that song eventually became the song Takeover, which was on the next album. But it was just like a mega Nas diss. He's just saying all kinds of stuff like, yeah, well, at least you sampled it, but I made it into a real song. You know, like I I did your song better. Nice. This whole thing. But the twist here is so Nas then responds with the song Ether on his next album. And it's kind of thought of that that song like saved his career because before that Nas put out an album that was like critically his worst. And everyone was like, he's done. Mm -hmm. Then he comes back. He comes out with the song Ether. Definitely just destroys Jay-Z. Then... (laughs) I kind of love how this all ends because Jay-Z then went on to put out a track called Super Ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay. And it's all about like, but it becomes like, it's like a diss track, but it also like disses like, like the women in Nas's life. Oh, and unnecessary, but okay. Totally. Yeah. Very unnecessary. And Come on, Jay. even Jay-Z's mom called him one day and said that was really immature and not polite and not cool (laughs) and jay-z said how like you know my mom's never talked to me like that about my music before so he put out an apology like a formal apology to nas to be like that was not necessary i should have insulted (laughs) these women they weren't in this i went too far he went after the family yeah exactly yeah which is rule number one you don't you know you don't go that's that's a low blow <laughs> yeah. My like, mom steps in to break it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in my like diving into like Biggie and Tupac's life, like there was this interview with Biggie's mom and how she was like, I listened to his album once and never again. I, I didn't I didn't need to hear it. Like, it like, can you imagine? Like, just you know what he like raps about? His mom's just like, oh dear God, I didn't know this is what you were doing. Yeah. But what? <laughs> You know, if more moms stepped in, we probably wouldn't have many musical rivalries. Mm, yeah, don't talk to that young. Same in the, the day, and now they kind of who like that. <laughs> yeah. Go apologize. Go apologize to that nice young man. <laughs> and now that's there. That was the end of the beef. They're now at least. Yeah, I don't know. They they've done like performances together, so it's like mm. friends or acquaintances. Okay. But at the end of the day, they both. Probably profited quite well. Oh yeah, from that rivalry. Oh yeah, I think it can be a good move on, on oh, people's yeah. parts. Like maybe some rivalries are like you know planned. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like right, if they shared the stage together at a show, I'm, I'm sure that people would want to go to that show. They'd pay so much money mm-hmm. to see if they mm-hmm. might get in a fight. Totally. totally, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean that's segue another great intro segue. to talking about. <laughs> Uh, a music rivalry that the three of us have truly come to know and love quite well. Um, but that would be Brian Jonestown Massacre versus the Dandy Warhols. I mean, I'm not going to say the most volatile, but um, if we're talking about stage antics, I mean. <laughs> Unpredictable, really. If you, if you want to see a fight, that's the show to go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get the most bang for your buck from a <laughs> musical really. rivalry, 
Check out the Dig documentary, first and foremost. I mean, it's a good watch for sure. Yeah. I learned a lot. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because that one, like we were saying, almost was like, it kind of was like staged at first. Like it became a thing because they were all best buds in the beginning. And it was mm -hmm. like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I put out this song, you know? And like, yeah, that's, that's true. It did kind of start out all as fun and games, but then it was like a game that they wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Competitive. Yeah. Very much. And also just kind of like, you know, getting into a musical rivalry with someone like Anton, who's, you know, genuinely has some very unpredictable, mentally unstable kind of person. Yeah. You know? He's, he's, he's his own worst enemy, for mm -hmm. sure. Totally. Um, I mean, they had, they had that chance early on to get the sweet record deal. Like, they set up a show in L.A., one of their friends, I guess, set it up who knew somebody from Electra Records. Mm -hmm. And the record executive was there to see them play. And then they just, they were playing. And halfway through their set, they just get in a massive fight and they're like hitting each other with their guitars and, <laughs> yeah, and punching here. each other and <laughs> yeah. destroying. Yeah. Truly, the, truly. The crowd starts booing. Um, so, yeah, like, how did that, like, so it all kind of like just started with. They would always like tour together. Danny Warhols were like huge fans of Brian Jonestown. But they, they seem to be like tight, regardless of like, you know, how uh Brian Jonestown Massacre was like letting things slip. What away. I or, like, what I remember is that Courtney. Sorry, yeah. Dandy the Dandy Warhols got the record deal first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Brian Jonestown like, messed it up. They 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 blew it. Definitely. And then, and then when the Dandy Warhols like were going going on their rocket ship <laughs> to fame and fortune, mm -hmm. Jonestown was just like doing a bunch of heroin and like yeah. kind of burning out for a while. Even though we're saving the diss tracks for later, I feel like <laughs> it's hard to talk about this one without. Even though this was kind of like early on in the feud, and it was kind of like a lovingly joking thing at first. Um, but the Danny Warhols first came out with a song, Not If You're the Last Junkie on Earth, all about, like, oh, you're just, like, a cliche rocker, like, kind of mm -hmm. just falling into your, like, you know, heroin doing addiction. heroin addiction, <laughs> burning out. It, they, have, they have that whole music video where they have that, I forget his name, but the French director who's, oh, like, yeah. it's very it's gaudy. So, yeah, the music video is wild. It's like, <laughs> what, what is this production? Which is, yeah, kind of ironic that mm -hmm. he's, like, dissing somebody for being cliche and then they have, like, a super trendy director like that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, yeah. Which becomes the perfect fuel, then, for Brian Jonestown to come out with their rebuttal song, Not If You Were the Last Dandy on Earth. Which is mm -hmm. all about them being sellouts, and this is this is in the mid '90s, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, Kurt Cobain mm -hmm. just died. Um, yeah, Lane oh, yeah. Staley. This is like '97 when this song came out. Okay, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's happened like a few years prior. Like totally. all of that, the big Seattle heroin yeah. phase went, came and went, and yeah, and even like within Brian Jonestown, that's like a musical rivalry. Like an inbred musical rivalry where it's like Anton versus literally At everybody. The they're yeah, they're fighting with each other. They don't <laughs> yeah. even need the yeah the it's external. So chaotic. It's so chaotic. Even the tambourine player. That was the thing <laughs> yeah. I remember the most about the document. Like, how can you? He's just playing the tambourine. Like, what? Could get off his case. Like, he has the coolest sideburns. Yeah, yeah he's he truly does his job well. He's just playing the tambourine and looking cool. Mm -hmm. like, 
Let him be. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You're yeah. just playing the tambourine, like controversial. What's remarkable about the Brian Jonestown massacre is just like how they managed to stick together, mm-hmm. though, despite mm-hmm. the fighting. It's like they needed it, and it like bred this the right creative environment for that. Totally. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. I mean, they liked. I'm sure they liked the attention. They like. They probably liked mm-hmm. playing. You know, the songs and stuff, and they mm-hmm. liked. But yeah, they. Given how crazy the dynamic was, it's yeah. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you've never watched some of those that early footage of Brian Jonestown shows, it's pretty wild to watch. It's like the most like um, quintessential like rock and roll meltdown that you could want, you know, where he's like mm-hmm. yelling at everyone on the sit. Like by the end of the show, so many times, like <laughs> everyone like quit will like quit the band during songs, and then Anton will be like <laughs> the only one still on the stage playing. Which, which is, you know, they just played uh, Rialto, and hmm. he was the last guy standing at that show. Yeah. Everyone else was done, and he was like, I'm going to do a 45-minute drum thing. That's, I heard about that. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Wow. Even the venue is like, it's time we to go. It. We got to <laughs> I left. I did not stay first. <laughs> I did not stay till the end. So still sing true. It's definitely not a yeah. gimmick. It's right. just the way they function. Right. Wow. What a legacy. I think that's kind of cool. I know. You got to hand it to him for staying true. Absolutely. Hey, Mike, what's another great um, rivalry? (laughs) Well, I'll I'll tell you one. Oh, yeah? I'm all ears. Across Across the pond. pond. Do you guys remember when (laughs) Oasis and Blair had a feud? Never heard of them. Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm, big. Mm-hmm. It was so big. It was a big mess. Um, so yeah, Oasis. This is in the '90s. Uh, Oasis is from uh, Manchester. Mm-hmm. Blair is from London. This is also a point in time when grunge is huge in America, but England didn't really have anything to like mm-hmm. wave their flag to. Yeah, <laughs> um, not as much angst. Yeah, <laughs> too polite. <laughs> <laughs> too polite. Mm-hmm. Can't be angsty on the air. Go into the British culture. Yeah. No grunge. Just drinking tea and not being angry about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, Britpop came around. Um, Blair had some popular songs, and they were very Britishy. And then, you know. So British. My God, those early Park Blair Life? Songs. Yeah, wow. Park you life. can't get more British than um, Park Life. Oh. Yeah. Um, but then Oasis was just like more about like alcohol than England, <laughs> it seemed like to me. And they were just rude to, they were kind of like uh, Brian Jonestown in yeah. that they were kind of, it was just them against everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bad it. boys. Like, yeah. yeah. Working class, like punks mm-hmm. of the, the time. The lads. Totally. The lads. Yeah. Now we would call them bros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lad is a very specific like type of bro. British bro. A, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, the OG bro. The OG, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was a, a little documentary um, that's part of the series on Netflix called This Is Pop, and mm-hmm. it was all about the Britpop situation. And um, they talked about how, like, at, at one point, Oasis and Blair were going to release these two albums, mm-hmm. right, like, within a week of each other. But well, then they kept, like, switching the dates, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, once the, one of the bands saw that they're, their release date was going to be nearby. They were just they were like, oh, let's just do it on the same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. the other band was like, no, we can't do that. And they moved their date. Yeah. So they shuffled them around until they both accepted that they were going to have a, a battle. 
And so it became this whole Manchester versus London thing and uh, to see which band could sell the most records. And then after like this whole build up, Blur ended up coming out on top. Wow. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's kind of interesting to like compare it, you know, and you're talking about East Coast versus West Coast, where it's like mm-hmm. a feud that goes beyond just the bands and it becomes a thing of like hometown pride. Yeah. What was like really getting to me about that on that, you know, Britpop episode is like seeing how like much news coverage and like marketing went into this to yeah. be like Mm-hmm. This this is the time to turn out. It's like almost like speak with your dollar. Like right. buy what buy what album is like. Are you for like the working class like Manchester or for like these little pretty boy Brit pop people? Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah. British. Yeah, because Blair was singing more about like they had that country house. It was that song. The, wasn't that the single that was coming out? It was country house. Oh yeah, you're right. Mm. Okay, country yeah, house versus so. like and like both songs were just not good. Yeah. You know, I, I never realized that that song number two is almost a diss track in itself because I mm. heard that he wrote that to make fun of Nirvana. Like oh, the lyrics, uh, the lyrics don't mean anything. Yeah, that's it's just supposed to be like oh. a throwaway. Well, like bringing back the like internal dysfunction, you know, band life. Like Oasis was also self-destructive and like oh, yeah. <laughs> very much like you know, like, the they two, were family. The two like, brothers, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah brother against brother they like couldn't keep it together it's like no one's breaking apart oasis but you guys Mm -hmm. yeah i think the brotherhood definitely makes that rivalry even more interesting because anyone can fight with a bandmate that's like you almost have to at some point you know Mm -hmm. but when it's like family then it becomes extra like oh wow (laughs) this this goes deep i read in their wikipedia that like when they did it had to do with, like, they canceled a huge show um, because Liam had laryngitis, but Noel told the press that he was just hung over. <laughs> <laughs> and Liam got pissed and sued him. Whoa. Yeah, it's so intense. Yeah. So intense. <laughs> yeah, very similar to, like, the Brian Jonestown thing where people were going because, like, they're like, oh, you never know what's going to happen. Are they going to scream at each other and, like, stop mid-show? Like, right. so many shows just, like, never finished. The because egos they... are just so big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think they're so cool. I mean, and they are cool, but just shut up about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Truly. As we said, yeah. there's so many musical rivalries out there that we can't discuss them all. But what we can do, put them in the ring. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It's time for a lightning round. That's right. We're just going to go down some quick musical rivalries, quick description, and say who we're casting our vote for. Here we go. Weird Al vs. Coolio. A rivalry that did end up on good terms. We love them both. Even Coolio actually kind of ended up on Weird Al's side because he was like, I should have just let you. How could you uh, not? I mean, as he should. Yeah. Came around. Yeah. I'm sure we have an, a unanimous vote for this. Um, yeah. yeah. We're all. Who doesn't love Amish Paradise? Exactly. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Also, the Weird We're Al movie is amazing. It. It's so oh, good. So good. So good. Yeah. Bing, bing, bing. The winner is Weird Al. Great. Kanye versus right. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Kanye versus Taylor Swift. You know, it was a big pop culture moment kanye coming in and stealing the spotlight from young taylor oh, right. Amaze, i yeah. think yeah Amaze. because Beyonce album of the didn't, year Beyonce yeah. didn't win right yeah i'm gonna let you finish I remember. but <laughs> that moment <laughs> mm-hmm. um I'm not cool with that it's gonna be a taylor for me yep maybe that yeah. yep 
God. Okay. Uh, yeah. Swifties. Gotta give it Swiftie to the, for the Gotta give it to the Swifties on this. Ding, ding, ding. Giving it to the Swifties. All right. This one oh, it makes um just so sad oh, about no, this, this one. Oh, no. This next one <laughs> I know. Sad. But, okay. Like, <laughs> no. Sinead O'Connor versus... The, the only other musical person was Frank Sinatra, but I'm going to just say Sinead oh, O'Connor versus the world. Yeah, versus the world. Uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah, the Pope. you know what? The Pope. Even more poignant because R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sad. But yep. when she faced all that backlash from that SNL performance and like the whole, you know, somehow all the celebrity world like canceled her and was like very vicious and mean and violent and so like, violent. So okay. definitely, Sinead wins this. Sinead one. for the win. Sinead, undisputed. She wins forever. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. We love you, Sinead. Um, Anthony Kiedis versus Mike Patton. This one's a little personal for me. Okay, I don't know this one. Go ahead. Let's see. Well, you know, basically, long story short, I mean, two very, you know, Mike Patton's like, dude, you're kind of ripping my style here, man. (laughs) Um, Two guys, same age, doing very similar styles, the kind of like rap rock, funk kind of thing. Right, right. See, I grew up with both, but there's only one that I like still love. I'm sorry, Anthony, I love you. You were my first love. But I'm oh, gonna give it personal. to Mike Patton on this one because Ooh. he's absolutely the more talented of the two. So okay, I've got to team up with another Mike. So yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to Mike too. Just right. for that reason. Yeah, <laughs> that was, <laughs> just that was you got to trust a Mike. Ding ding ding! <laughs> Mike Patton wins. All right. Do you want to introduce this next one? I just I just read about this today. I wasn't actually sure <laughs> because like I'm not a huge Dixie Chicks fan, but I definitely remember it being on the radio all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now just the chicks. Yeah, just, the chicks. just the chicks. Now. The Dixie. Oh, now it's just the, okay. I didn't even know that. Um, so we have it written as Dixie Chicks versus Bush. But At the I would, time, they were. Mm-hmm. But I would say that this was uh, Dixie Chicks versus the America. Totally. Again, yeah, another America's, like big mm-hmm. uh, rivalry that goes beyond the <laughs> so, <next week>. uh-huh. <laughs> so the lead singer of Dixie Chicks, this is in 2003, uh, she spoke out against the Iraq war. George W. Bush had just declared war on Iraq because 9-11 had just happened, even though uh, the hijackers of the plane were in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. good times, and... Uh, <laughs> Jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. (laughs) 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 Um, So I also forgot that. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's going a three hour long (laughs) 9 11 conspiracy. Um, Yeah, so I forgot that they were. I I remember them being like a pop band with like a slight country twin twang going on but apparently they were like very country and it was so it was like it was like the country music community country music fans and country music uh djs on the radio that were speaking out against like refusing a lot of conservative yeah well they're just from this conservative world Mm -hmm. like um like conservative america just like boycotted the dixie chicks no. And that was that. And then, oh, and, and now then, who's laughing? I'll tell you what. <laughs> My favorite part was, though, that the Dixie Chicks came out, and, or the singer came out and apologized. And then a couple <laughs> yeah. of years later, she was just like, I rescind my apology. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Iraq War sucks. Hell yeah. yeah. 
clear. I think we have a unanimous vote for the oh, chicks. Oh, yeah, the Dixie, the Dixie the Chicks. chicks. Give it to the chicks. Give it to the chicks. I also want to point out that while we're doing this lightning round, there's lightning flashing outside. Let's open that window. Lightning bonus. I'll do some thunder right here. Amazing. Um, oh, and one last quick one. Metallica versus Megadeth versus Dave Mustaine. It's funny because Dave Mustaine on the weenie um, uh, which is a very, it's a very legitimate uh, uh, music rating system. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Dave Mustaine is probably ranks highest uh, when it comes to being a weenie. Hmm. Um, gonna gonna definitely give it to Metallica on this one. Even though I mean, you want to talk about weenies? There's weenies in Metallica too. But uh, yep, sitting behind the old drums. Uh, yeah, looks <laughs> and sitting cozy there behind those drums. You just don't want people taking your music, even though you're so rich. But I'm gonna give it to Metallica on this one. What's your okay, vote, guys? Fair enough. Oh, yeah, fair my enough. vote was for Metallica as well. All right, I can I can jump on that purely because when I was a young teenager, I had two Megadeth albums, but I had three Metallica <laughs> albums. And that's how you know. Yeah, yeah so three is more than two. Let's see. Yeah. It, they win. They win it out. seems. And thus concludes the lightning round portion of the Melody Feed podcast musical rivalries edition. Now we're going to put it into a brand new mini segment called In Your Opinion. In Your Opinion. Share your thoughts. Your opinion matters. Make it count. Speak your truth. Wow. I love that you put But you can still totally hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice one. Amazing. Uh. That's right. It's time for a brand new mini segment here on the Melody Feed podcast called In Your Opinion, where listeners like you tell us what's on your mind. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Trial and Error Collective or on our website for the next prompt. But first, mm. let's hear what you had to say about your favorite musical rivalries. Hey, my name is Kellen, and I'm calling in from Tucson, Arizona. My favorite musical rivalry is the Brian Jonestown Massacre and the Dandy Warhols. Wow. Hey, that was a great opinion. Ooh, I We're like listening. That. Um, All right. Our next caller. Let's see what she has to say. Hi there, radio program. This is Betsy calling from Doodlesville, Massachusetts. I wanted to tell you about a song that my great-great-great-grandfather, Dr. Richard Schuckberg, wrote called Yankee Doodle Dandy. You may have heard it. It's from the American Revolution, and it was sung by British troops to mock the colonial troops and George Washington. Oh, boy, he really had it coming to him. And yet here we are now, many years later, singing our favorite tune and reclaimed it. And may we remember we are all Yankee Doodles today. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> wow, thanks. Thanks, Betsy. That, what a great call. Man, guy really Charles dickens <laughs> <laughs> What a what a Didn't great opinion. That's, wow. <laughs> Incredible. That's the we've just peaked as a show. Thanks, Betsy. 
I wonder if she found us on you our know, Instagram. You never know who you're going to find out in Massachusetts. There's some real great <laughs> people there. Speak your truth. Well, thank you again for callers for calling in. And again, if you want to be a caller on our next podcast, make sure that you uh, follow us on Instagram or on our websites uh, at Trial and Error Collective, where we will post the next Melody Feed prompt. And now on to the last segment for our Rivalries podcast. It's time to rate some diss tracks. Let's do it. All right. These are going to be rated on a beef scale. Mm hmm. Prime okay. being the best choice or select. Might as well rate it like beef, even though I'm vegan. But in my mind, this is like a is some vegan beef rating. So beef. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's beyond beef. Yeah, beyond beyond, beyond beef. prime, beyond <laughs> choice. <laughs> Who's got a favorite district they want to mention first? Well, one of the first ones that I thought of when we were discussing this episode was. The uh, I think it's just one line from uh, Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner. You might know the song from the KFC commercial <laughs> or from the radio, which plays it about every 10 minutes. <laughs> well, from the KFC commercial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a, there's a verse... There's a verse that very explicitly calls out Neil Young. And says, like, basically, fuck off. Like, I hope Neil Young will remember Southern Man, don't need him around. Anyhow. Dang. That's like an explicit call out. Yeah, yeah by the whole name. name in the lyric. His whole name. And it was in response to uh, Neil Young. Apparently, Neil Young wrote a couple songs yeah. that were like trying to call out the South for their history of slavery and, and racism and all that stuff. Uh, Specifically, he had a song called Southern Man, and mm-hmm. then he had another song called Alabama. Mm-hmm. Right, so it mm-hmm. makes it a little more confusing. But Well, how would you rate that beef? Well, the follow-up to it, though, mm-hmm. is that Skinner said that they were huge Neil Young fans, and they, were, <laughs> they, were, they didn't really want to diss him. <laughs> <laughs> and, in fact, Neil Young wrote a couple songs for Leonard Skinner wow. after that. And gave them. See, they were just like capitalizing on the Southern bit, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't think anybody really cared. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's fascinating. Okay, uh, so what do you guys say? What, what do you think? Uh, for that reason, I'm going to make it a select cut. It's like not really mm. some mm-hmm. big beef to me. It's like catchy in the song and at the time. But that's an example of, you know, one of those rivalries that's like planned. Mm hmm. Right, not actually yeah. a, a beef. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go select on that one, even though it's like you know, like mm. you said, a massive big song. But as far as mm-hmm. you know, the cutthroat diss part of it, I'm gonna go select. Mm-hmm. Select, great. Um, you know, I think I'm gonna go one up. I'm thinking I'm going to choice. Mm. Just because it was such a direct point blank. You got That's a point true. there. That's kind of bold. Call out. The other thing was that Neil Young is Canadian, so he's right. making fun of American, <laughs> the American South as a Canadian. Even right. though that's true, so that's kind of even more of a burn. 
That's yeah. a good point. You bring a solid point. Because even like the most famous diss tracks, some, they don't really say the name sometimes. Right. It's like, oh, this wasn't about you. Yeah. Wink, <laughs> wink, wink. Was, but no, it totally was. was like, That's a great point there. Mm. Yeah. Great argument. Good yeah. Argument. Uh, great. I can go. Love it. Uh, I have two. Uh, venturing back, you know, to Tupac here. Hit him mm-hmm. up. Is a Tupac song mm-hmm. uh, okay kind of made in retaliation to biggie's who shot you which seems very you know ironic for the time mm-hmm. i think like biggie released who shot you like while tupac was in prison right after that first shooting that i was talking Damn. about like that happened outside of their supposedly unplanned like outside of mm-hmm. their studio or like oh no we weren't involved you know so like it's like who shot it well like obviously you did guys Damn. and then tupac was like i'm gonna release this song and like very explicitly again call out biggie like saying like tupac was like very like he says biggie yeah, I mean, he's, like, talking about, like, fucking his wife and stuff. Oh. And, like, Ayo. all yeah. these okay. things, you know? Like, very explicitly. Should we listen to a little clip real quick? Oh, maybe, yeah. Let's do that. I'm down. It's been a minute since I've heard it. Oh, right off the bat! Right off the bat! Yeah, and then he's using yeah. Biggie's track in the background, right? So, like, or, like, that sample, which, you know, it's like, very uh, wow. you know very aggressive very That's much aggressive. just like yeah. yeah you guys suck and this is like you know the birth of that like whoa we're really feuding now like actually you wanted to take my life and blah 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 uh, well i'm curious what you guys would rate it first <sighs> i mean i it seems like a prime cut to me because like we you know like we just heard right off the bat he's just getting into it and i like yeah. how you mentioned like flipping someone's sample in your own song i think is a very yeah it's a smart move that's mm-hmm. a smart move mm-hmm. i'm gonna definitely have to agree with that i'm gonna go full prime extra prime <laughs> I would, yeah i would agree and i think that's the right choice oh man we got uh, a triple prime here. <laughs> just because you know like biggie and like puffy were trying to be like oh no 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 our song's not about you but tupac's like well this is about fucking you mm-hmm. like <laughs> this is about you um i'm trying to you know beef it beef it up so yes prime nice. prime prime cut okay i got one more love it uh, our girl Alanis Morissette, <laughs> uh, you know, probably wrote a lot of diss tracks, very, uh, has a lot of emotion in her music, but you know it, you love it, you ought to know it, you <laughs> ought to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, the fun fact about this song, uh, allegedly on the internet, is that this mm-hmm. song is written about David Coulier everyone's favorite uncle from Full House, mm-hmm. which I just imagine mm. them as a couple and it kind of makes me it's ill. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> She's, yeah, like, his his part in that show was, like, he's kind of dorky. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine him dating, like, the so coolest cool Alanis. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And him being, like, he's he can't be as cool as she's describing him in the yeah movie. Like, you know? I don't know. <laughs> you just imagine, like, Uncle Joey. You're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. what? You're doing all these crazy things with Alanis Morissette? No way. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. But apparently he wasn't that cool, and Alanis definitely is better. Uh, <laughs> and 
wrote this amazing song. The lyrics say it all. Really, it's like a, mm-hmm. a story. It's a tell-all. It is a tell-all. She's putting it all out there. No shame. And it's not it's not cross-eyed bear. Is that <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, we had a hilarious interpretation of <laughs> the lyrics the earlier that possibly, you know, several of you listening could also have thought that the lyrics were cross-eyed bear that you gave to me. Mm-hmm. But I... I mean, like I a think teddy this bear. is correct, but I always thought it was cross-eyed bear mm-hmm. that you gave to me. So you thought it was cross-eyed yeah, bear? Yeah, I've, oh, you, I've you never, never even never considered it to be the cross-eyed mm-hmm. bear that you gave to me because I was like, this is such a intense <laughs> song. She can't, I was like, when you said that, I was like, she couldn't be singing about a silly cross-eyed bear. Oh, I thought I it was always... like a bad breakup and she's like getting rid of the stuff that he yeah. gave her. That's so funny. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, it's like a pretty common so uh, interpretation. Like, I hadn't heard that before. There's memes. There's memes yeah. about it. I'm <laughs> That's sure how you there know. is. I'm sure they're great. That's how you know. Maybe, maybe there was a cross-eyed bear. I feel like Uncle Joey yeah. would give, he would give a, her cross-eyed a cross-eyed bear. bear. And he'd be like, this is cute. <laughs> yeah. But this is a breakup song, right? It's there. a breakup song. Okay. It's a breakup. Okay, so that, yeah. Uh, how would you rate it? Uh, I'm going to rate it as a prime. Just because, yeah. well, <clears throat> I'm on the fence between prime and choice because... Well, it's such a good song. I love this song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the background of it is funny and maybe lowers it a little bit in its <laughs> primeness, but it could be about a more like, you know, a cooler dude <laughs> yeah. or a cooler relationship. But yeah, I'm going to give it a prime. That's a solid point because I also, like, as far as the song goes, for me, it's a prime. The, the lines, you know, the delivery, the when she gonna die and. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so fun it's to so sing. iconic, so fun <laughs> to sing. And I feel like yeah. that makes it the best kind of breakup song that like you would want everybody to be singing it mm-hmm. and catch it. And then it's like the best kind of diss is one where like everyone else is getting in on it. And I feel like having a catchy song is good. But like you said, it kind of makes it like, ooh, like not as like cool <laughs> when you know what it's about. It kind of, but. Yeah. All that being said, I will also rate this a prime choice cut. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to take it a step down. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going. To, I'm going with choice. Uh, I guess just because I don't know. I think because it's not about like competition or. That's just like a one. It's just like a breakup kind of. thing. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't. You got a it point. Doesn't tee him up for a. A retribution, retro, yeah, 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 yeah. Song. Man, you make such good points. You, you got, yeah. Uh, I mean, you guys are right. They're like, it's a very like acidic song. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I feel like the song is better than the beef for sure. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 But it's translatable in that way. I guess like anyone can adopt this as their own diss track in a way that increases its power yeah mm-hmm. you're like you can listen to it after a bad shitty breakup or something and be like yeah Alanis <laughs> totally this this is about me you know totally alright Parisa what you got what do you got oh wait there's a third one in Britney's column that totally. I didn't see For okay sure. honorable mention just real quick cause also about a dumb relationship breakup with some <laughs> weird dude but potentially warren Beatty. i just read yeah warren Beatty. yeah carly simons you're so vain a karaoke favorite Mm -hmm. so good Mm -hmm. you walked into the party like you were walking in on a yacht 
<laughs> Such a good opening line. <laughs> it is really uh, good. Because you can just imagine, like, oh, yes, my yacht. So it's <laughs> yeah. about just, you know, some haughty, not like a haughty, like a H-A-U-G-H-T-Y, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like haughty, 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 haughty. douchebag. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Carly Simon's hot. She doesn't deserve that. <laughs> yeah. She's and the other kind of hot. <laughs> yeah, she's the hottie. Talking about the hottie. <laughs> hottie versus hotties, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're so vain. You probably think the song is about you. Like, oh, it's so good. It's so clever. And that's why it I is. love it. It's like really, um, you know, it's like breakup songs could be a whole you know, subgenre of diss music. Right. Definitely. Good point. But, yeah. but that one's also a great one because, yeah, like you can just attribute it to so much. And also a shout out to the Trent Reznor and Marilyn Manson rivalry, which I can't believe oh. I didn't bring up because that was oh. like, that was like probably the biggest rivalry of, for me personally growing up because uh-huh. those are my, the two most influential people in my, I mean, not anymore. I know this is really, I'm still dealing with it, but <laughs> growing up, those were the two most influential people in my life, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like like watching your parents fight, you know? Right. But in Starfucker, um, you know, the whole video is, like, kind of making fun of Marilyn Manson, and then he mm. has that You're So Vain little bridge mm, there. Reference. You know? Oh, yes. Uh, See, Carly, on in Carly Simon earlier. walked so Trent Reznor could run, as they say. Right. Or so is I it say, the other way around? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they both ran. before he he ran. <laughs> I'm not hip run. with the kids. I don't know how they <laughs> how they they rate these things. But Carly Simon, honorable mention. Trent Reznor, Marilyn Manson. Great, great stuff. Yeah, I love it. All right, nice. Um, one of my favorite diss tracks of all time because it's like the most diva diss track of all time then I'm gonna have to give the diva award to Mariah Carey with the song Obsessed alright um I kind of to be honest should've looked it up but I kind of forget the like the lead up to like why Eminem kept like talking about her do you remember oh it's because didn't oh wasn't it like uh it, he it was like an she like refused to go out with him or something That's, it's something like that yeah like a, they had an alleged relationship Mm-hmm. Um, but like she always denied it, and then Mariah came out with obsessed because he wouldn't stop, and she's like, "You're just so obsessed That's with me." What it was? Um, That's what it was. Yeah. So just like so much, basically so much drama, and it just got like she just she squashed it, she crushed it. Yes. With the song obsessed, another one when we're talking about catchy songs. Um, the music video is hilarious because, you know, she's in, like, boy drag dressed as him and, like, oh, you know, so he's good. got, okay. like, a closet. Like, he's got, like, the altar to her and, like... Yeah. But I love the idea of, like, turning it around and making it about, like, kind of... It's, like, an ego boost for the singer because it's not so much about putting him down as it is, like, building her up. Like, you're just obsessed with me. Totally. Which is such an amazing diva move. And also, like, looking through you, like, your... Wait, what is the line? Looking through you, looking through the Windex. Let me, let me look at it. <laughs> See right through you like you're bathing in Windex. That's oh, what it is. That's Come so on. Yeah. You're so cute, Mariah. See I love it. you like you're bathing in Windex. Um, yeah, she really turns it into a song about her. And yeah, which is the ultimate great. move, I think. Wow. Because mm. you're not... You're not giving a spotlight so much to your rival and like making him out to be. You're just like, okay, you are so obsessed yeah, you're, with you're me. You're such a joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's just this running. He's just this, this punchline of this whole song. Totally. <laughs> Which is totally a power move. 
Yeah. And for that, I give it a prime. For that? Okay. For that, I'm also... It's a prime for me. I think I'm going to uh, follow for a triple prime. Oh, triple prime. That's, that's a true is that, track. Is that, our, is that our first triple prime? No. No, we had a hit em up was also. A, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But two but like very the, yeah, these two end true, of the spectrum. Very true diss tracks that are like, have a target. They're yeah. hitting it. They made music videos mocking they made each music other. Videos. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> the last one here, I feel like, you know, I just got to mention it, even though I haven't listened to it in a long time. <laughs> Should we just listen to this one real Let's quick? Let's listen to it. Sure. Let's listen to it. This will be like a live reaction. What do you have to say about that one? Ah, yes, 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 mm. yes, yes. And lest we forget, uh, Easy E, real motherfucking G's. We were just saying behind the scenes here how really this whole world of Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, NWA, Ice Cube, there's so many diss tracks. Yes. Yeah, you know, a lot of lines about like, you're from the suburbs, don't try and pretend like you're from the projects, yeah. studio gangsters, you know. Talking a lot about their appearance, like, you look anorexic, you're just, like, a skinny little scrawny guy, you know? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, the call-outs of the names, I mean, I feel like we, yeah. d- we drove that home as a criteria of, like, a prime. A prime, track. yeah. But Maybe this one, I might have to create a new category. Ooh, okay. Just OG beef, you know? Okay. Where it's like, you know, of course, there's some lines that don't... OGB. Don't hold up so well today, you know, especially in a lot of this. Yeah, it's just it's the OG beef, you know, like this is this is like original gangster beef. I get it. It fits. I mean, this this kind of like set the set the model really for like mm. diss tracks and rivalries. And what's the uh, what are what are our totals here? We had a uh, Mike keeping tally. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do a prime for that last song. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I'm gonna. I'll just go left field and go choice. Ooh, mm. low okay. All just right. Just because it's over the top. It's just, it maybe, maybe. You don't you even. Know? You don't buy it. You don't buy what he well, says. Well, it's just like they're just... selling so much beef. Like they can yeah. have some choice. Like they got a lot of primes. It's Ooh, all beef. Quantity, not quality. Right. They got a lot. Mm. Good, Damn, point, good point. Good point. Wow. Good point. Good point. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So the. <laughs> <laughs> the final tally, not that it really like, makes any sense for what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll put a drum roll in here for literally no reason. Um, or we could just be like, and there's some and that's sweet the, diss yeah. tracks. Yeah, that that's is true, the, we the have, scale. Like the, all that, yeah, that wraps up our, our diss track beef scale. Okay. Diss yeah, track beef, roundup. You know? So take the beef for what it's worth, you know. Yeah. Um... I feel like we've all learned so much, and I think it's time for our final brand new mini segment here on the Melody Feed podcast. Congratulations, you're a genius. Congratulations, you're a genius. Wow, everybody's learned so much after that informative 
Talk. Truly. Certainly. I feel so much smarter having learned so much about pure hatred from the both of you. Um, what do you feel like you've learned and gained from this insight? Yet another insightful episode of the Melody Feed podcast. So much, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I learned the most from our our caller in Betsy mm-hmm. uh, about the Yankee Doodle Dandy mm-hmm. and how we're all just. Little Yankee Doodle dandies. And I kind of like that. There's been a reclaiming of, <laughs> of being a doodle dandy. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's so uh-huh. much we can learn from our elders. And mm. she just really demonstrated that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, congrats. Congrats, Brittany, on being a genius. Thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> I... How about you, Mike? Um, when we were putting this episode together... I remember we got to a point where we started running out of beef. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of beef, but there's so many artists that haven't gotten into fights mm. and that, you know, just like hang out and <laughs> get along with like their fellow artists. <laughs> and I would say that what I've learned is that maybe the the antagonistic artists are possibly in the minority and that most artists are like, you know, having a good time. It's a great realization. Fascinating. Fascinating. Congratulations on being a genius, Mike. Thank you. Absolutely. What about you, Parisa? Let's see. Some things I've learned in our wonderful, beautiful time together. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not necessarily one for like, gossip or drama you know in Mm -hmm. life but it's interesting to look at musical rivalries and just see like what it's done in music culture you know and that even if you're not into that stuff music rivalries play a very important part you know like even think about like okay potentially save Nas's career or oasis could have helped launch their career because that documentary was saying after those record sales and they lost to blair Mm-hmm. Um, Oasis wrote Wonderwall as a retaliation, you know, to make up for that whole thing. So it's exactly sometimes a little yeah. competition is what certain certain artists need to Great just success. make beef. some of their best music ever. Totally, some good inspiration. Absolutely. So my takeaway is to always keep a little bit of hatred in your heart <laughs> because you never yeah. know <laughs> wow. what kind of stroke of artistic genius can come from it. How many? Congratulations. <laughs> You're a genius. Thank that you. Is a truly that was, genius that statement. was very insightful and Thank you. truly genius. And, something and we screw can all... y'all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Out of here. <laughs> all right, folks. That's it. Except for possible things that Bruce might have to say. Melody Feed Podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Melody Feed Podcast. Thank you to all the rivals out there. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. This is the Melody Feed Podcast from the Trial and Error Collective. Follow us at Trial and Error Collective on Instagram, our website, trialandarecollective.com. Stay tuned for more episodes. See you next. 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 See